0: Your ass better call somebody!
1: Oh, hell hell yeah! Welcome to another jam-packed edition of 2, 5, and 10, episode 14, coming at you with... My co-host, as always, Benny Stu. Ben, give him a shout.
2: The Theo Flurry episode. It's Make-A-Wish here at 2, 5, and 10 now. Uh,
1: and we have our uh, first guest today. We're having a little bit of uh, audio issues, but uh, we have the one, the only, Robobo Biazella. Bobo, give him a shout.
0: What's up? What's up? Jerry, my pals here on this fun hockey podcast here. Glad to be here. <laughs>
1: I think Ben just vomited a little in his mouth. I could, I could yeah, see fuck it. In off, the... Ben. <laughs> and we're starting this off with some love. I'd say we're giving it about as much love as uh, the Dallas Stars CEO to his players. So speaking of that, Ben, you want to get us started with the, the horse shit that is Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan?
2: I mean, I was confused as to whether he was talking about Sagan and Ben or me and you playing hockey in college, but... Uh, for the, the record, essentially... I,
1: I was the best hockey town has ever seen.
2: Uh, that's shit. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but that's like winning a special Olympics, right?
1: Hey, as long as I look good doing it, pal, you still get the gold medal. What was the guy's name? And, uh, what was Johnny Knoxville's name in the movie? Jeffy, Jeffy. Jeffy. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean the owner of the stars is basically sent out the CEO to go out there and basically torched the locker room to pull a heel move. He pulled a heel promo like they do in a wrestling, uh, basically called the captain of the Stars, Jamie Ben, and the highest-paid player, Sagan, uh, out for their play, saying that they're fucking horse shit. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, the team was okay, but Sagan and Ben were terrible. And this was after uh, the second of a consecutive win for the Stars. So I, apparently this has been building for a while in Dallas between ownership and management, and. They're two stars, Uh, so finally burst over a little bit. So what do you think about the guy calling him out like that, Uh, especially to the media on purpose?
1: There's certain ways to go about things, and if you want to get something out of your star players, like I am all for you getting after them, but there is a completely different way than a CEO, basically almost, I mean, almost like a CFO, like a fucking numbers guy, Coming at you and giving you shit in the media. Like, listen, you want to pull me into the coach's office and you want to have a meeting with me, you, the GM, the coaches, and tell me we suck, we're not cutting it? Have at it. But if you want to go the complete other way and just like torch us in the media or anything like that, at any point in time, I mean, I don't know what he thinks is going to happen here. Like, do you think you're going to get a spark? You're going to get. Your two best players, your superstars in Dallas, walking into your GM's office saying, fuck you, trade me.
2: I think he's trying to pull a Herbie Brooks Miracle with uh, the who do you play for shit. Um, Having a team bond over the mutual hatred of him as a coach. But the full quote is, they are fucking horse shit. I don't know how else to put it. The team was okay, but Sagan and Ben were terrible. What nobody says is what is completely obvious to me. We are getting terrible play from our top two players. We are a stars-driven league, and our stars aren't getting it done. These guys are not good enough.
1: He also went on to say, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but he was going more after Sagan in the sense of he doesn't go to the hard areas no more, he yeah. doesn't go where the puck is, he doesn't know how to score. Like Now if you're Tyler Sagan, because I remember it was the big thing over the offseason of Someone asked him how extension talks were going, and he said he's disappointed because they were at a lull. They, they just weren't happening. And then right before the season started, they gave him the extension. Now, if you rewind this, and now he knows what's going on on the back end, would you sign in Dallas or be like, I'm playing out my last year and fucking I'm hitting the market?
2: Uh, I mean, that's hard to say just because I don't think he was going to get eight years, $78 million from another team. And this is coming from the CEO. This was done on purpose. For me, it's kind of like a multi layer thing here. One, the owner of the stars and management, they're worried about just general, like, not caring from the fan base in Dallas. You know, they're always competing with the Cowboys. The Mavericks run a good run in the 2000s. And they've missed the playoffs eight out of the last 10 years. And if that happened in New York, which it did, or Philly or Chicago, the fan base would be up in arms. In Dallas, they just stopped caring. So I think they know, even though they're currently in a playoff spot, that this bubble playoff team every year isn't really getting it done in their market. So the owner wanted to kind of get his start guys going, get the team going a little bit. But if I'm Sagan, you know, he scored 40 last year, 44 goals last year. This year, he's completely off that pace. I just think this isn't a strong vote of confidence in Montgomery. Like, usually, if this is a problem, the coach would take care of it, or the owner would sit down with the coach and say to take care of it. The fact that they're going kind of over his head to the media, I don't know if that's a vote of confidence in the fact that they think he can handle a situation like that on his own.
1: With that being said, do you think this has to be with him being like, a first-year coach in the league? Or do you think this is certain players being like, this is the way we play, pal. Like, fuck you, take it or leave it.
2: I mean, there's already rumors that Sagan just doesn't connect with Montgomery, which, give me a break with that shit. I don't know if it has to do with... I don't think they really did it on purpose, but the fact that they kind of like... If you were on stars, wouldn't that devalue his uh, standing in a room? Because now they know that... When shit gets tough and things seem to be said, he's not going to say it. He's going to have his bosses, to, or wait for his bosses to do it.
1: I mean, I guess that's a horrifying thing. Like, as the coach, you know who your boss is and the GM and the president and the owners. But as a player, I mean, where does that leave you trust-wise in the sense of, well, I'm going to walk in today and now the athletic trainer is going to yell at me for not playing hard last <laughs> night. Like, wh- where's the line?
2: I I think this stems mainly, and the CEO came out and said, it's not about the contracts. They earned the contracts. They're not regretting paying them as much as they are. So that's, he was upfront about that. But I think it really stems from last year because there were a, almost clinched a playoff spot. And then at the end of the year, they just fell off a cliff. They lost like eight in a row at one point. And Jamie Ben, who's the captain, even last year, there was kind of like rumblings coming out of the locker room that, he didn't do everything he could have as captain or as an actual leader in a room to kind of stem that tide and turn the team around a little bit. So now with their start this year and his lack of production, I wonder if – I don't think they would strip him of the captaincy, but if they would move him.
1: Do you think this stems from Jamie Ben does not go down on his woman and satisfy her? I mean because
2: uh, – Is that confirmed? Because if so.
1: that, that That's confirmed. He, he does not um, reciprocate.
2: Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I just imagine him not having a good home life then, which kind of probably affects his on ice play, you know. I mean, I'm just saying, guy. I mean he got he's got—he's not even putting a biscuit in a basket at home then. Shit. Two for one. <laughs> I I read online that, uh, we're at uh Pittsburgh talking about breaking up their core a little bit earlier in a year that. Dallas and Pittsburgh, they need to come together and give the hockey world what they need. And that's a Phil Kessel for a Jamie Ben trade where Sagan and Kessel are on the same line in Dallas.
1: And just the old right up the Bruins hoop, just like here you go, (laughs) the two guys you could have had playing together are no longer here and they're playing in nice, beautiful, tax-free Texas.
2: And see which one can uh, out the other.
1: (laughs) That would actually be the impressive part, seeing like... Hey, I bet I could dump it at the red line here and not even move. Like, I'm just going to sit at the <laughs> red line and wait for them to come back out.
2: Well, speaking of the Bruins, uh, do you want to go into a little preview uh, for the Winter Classic that's being played on Tuesday between the Blackhawks and your Bruins? You guys you just beat Buffalo in OT, which is a big one for you guys.
1: Yeah, that was a big win uh, standing-wise. They hosed me a little bit on Thursday. I picked them as my lock because they were home, and then the Devils came in and donkey kicked us. Um, With that being said, I'm hoping to see a full 60 minutes from this team. It, It seems to be very hard for them to put a full 60 together. Uh, even last night in Buffalo, they came out. They had a good first period. Mia in the second, and then finally tie something together for the third. I'm hoping against a struggling Chicago team, they could kind of do the same and and get after it a little bit. Um, another thing is they came out this week with Tuca's helmet. Of this, is oh yeah, Tuka has on his. And I mean, dude, that helmet's sexy. But Tuca played last night. And with this basically every other game going, does that mean Halak has the start and we don't get to see Tuka's helmet? I mean, I hope Tuka just gives it to Halak.
2: Well, I mean, if they go with the hot hand like they've been going recently, it sounds like it's a back end of a back to back, so I would think you would get the start.
1: We'll see. Um, Bobo, your thoughts on the Bruins going into this Winter Classic?
0: Um, they've been a little shaky as of late. Uh, Like. Kevin over here mentioned that they don't give full efforts, which could be uh, concerning, of course. Um, it's nice knowing that we're getting healthier, although, then again, they just put McAvoy on IR, so I guess we got a little too excited there. But all that being said, I feel like they have a chance to, you know, kind of right the ship a little bit, start the year off on a good note, smash in their. Um, Original six foe, and then get the ball rolling. Said smash their fucking face, then you know, fucking. Chicago's been
2: playing, picking ass. it up a little bit lately. I think they won three or four in a row at one point last week.
1: I'm not scared of babyface Colleton. He can kiss my nuts,
2: but um. So my question for you guys is: Do you think this has less to do with the Bruins' mentality towards playing a full sixty minutes, or a combination of the injuries and? It's a veteran team that's been there and done that, so they know, kind of wanted to turn a switch on later in the season and heading into the playoffs.
1: Um, I think with the injuries, it's hard because, I mean, McAvoy goes back out. They said Martian's hurt. They don't know if he's playing in the Winter Classic or not. I think there's a huge thing here. We just got Z back. He seems a little flat-footed right now, obviously needs to get his legs underneath him. Uh. DeBrusque just came back. Hopefully he's going to start going. I, I know we got a big goal last night, huge tip in to tie the game. I don't know, man. Um, a, another thing on the other end is this Chicago team's kind of like us in the sense of veteran team. they they got guys who have been around who have done it. I mean, definitely not their first winter classic either, so they're definitely going to be feeling at home in a sense. I know it's a home game for them because it's at Notre Dame, but I mean, this is what, their fourth winter classic? So I don't think yeah. they're going to be surprised by any means. One thing for me that's definitely to talk about is the Bruins suck in Winter Classics. Like, like we're not good in them at all. Like, did the, you beat Philly that we, time? We beat Philly, but we played like absolute dog shit. We we got a Marco Sturm OT goal to win it, <laughs> but like I don't like it took us the third period. I think there was a minute left for us to tie it. it like, we just didn't play good. Uh, the Gillette Stadium one, we played awful. The Canadians fucking beat the shit out of us. So I'm hoping that we can now have a good winter classic game.
2: And back is what? Just got a three gamer for that hit.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that hit too was, he's kind of stupid for that hit. He he can definitely go through his whole body there. I, I know he quote unquote, he grazed his shoulder going through, which he did. He did hit the shoulder before the head, but he definitely got all that in the head and he definitely could have just got him by the hip and just knocked him flat on his ass there. Um, is too, due to the Ways, he's now under the repeat offender rule, so he gets three games for it. So first game was last night against Buffalo, then it'll be Chicago, and then whoever we play after uh, the Winter Classic. I think you might be right. Bobo, any other ideas, thoughts?
0: Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think, yeah. It's definitely tough for a team to play consistently when you have so many injured players out there. I mean, and then that being said, there's also some new faces, so... You're trying to figure out what works. Um, but uh, I have noticed that a couple of players have been playing consistently, if not a little better, like Krejci, for example, has been stepping it up uh, when he was playing with Marshawn and Sagan. I mean, not Sagan, um Pastranach, he was doing great. And then with Bergeron coming right back, he picked off um, right where he left off against Nashville, which is very good team, not easy to do. But now that those guys are back on the shelf again, you gotta try to figure out what works. You gotta hope that there's a spark from everywhere else in the lineup because you can't get all your offense from just the top line. Um, but yeah, again, just going into Chicago this Winter Classic, we haven't played well. Uh, I think it'd be a huge confidence booster if they can get the first goal and quickly, like maybe like within the first five minutes, just kind of set the tone. Skate hard for those pucks, win those battles, do the little things right, and then everything else will follow through.
1: And can we just talk about it, too, real quick? I'm a little bit jealous that uh, Fastville's going to the game, so clearly i got to open up an ice cream shop and have a whole bunch of expendable income to afford tickets to this game and the road (laughs) trip out and everything else. Just throwing that
2: out there. Do you want to give a quick... WJC update, uh, Team USA almost pulled out that big comeback win over Sweden. I think it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, um, USA versus Sweden last night. They were down the hole. I, was it a 4 nothing hole or was it 3-0? Yeah. yeah, it was 4 nothing. They came back, third period, four goals, three of them from who I called out last week. Ryan Poling, so I know a little bit about hockey, <laughs> for the record. Um, but yeah, huge comeback. They end up losing in overtime. Uh, I think against a team like Sweden, it definitely speaks a lot because, I mean, they're not an easy team by any means. Like, you know, half the league, I don't want to say half the league, but at least a quarter of the league is some sort of Swede. So good for the U.S. to kind of get back on that track. Um, I was a little nervous with their first game against, was it Slovenia Slovakia? was one of the slows, but um, they did not look too good, to be honest. Um, They looked a little skittish at first. And like I mentioned last week, too, the defense was kind of a variable. It seemed like Slovakia just kept coming down over and over and over again, getting chances, and that scared me a little bit. Uh, their second game against Anton Hudobin's Kazakhstan, um, yet again, I mean, we came out, we won 9-2, to but we scored that first goal, and then right after that, Kazakhstan with a beautiful pass from their D guy straight across center ice, their winger shooting right across, catches it, splits the D, comes in and snipes one. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're going to start like that. Like, I was horrified. L- legitimately horrified. I'm like, this is fucking Kazakhstan. Like, we're the United States of America hockey team here. Like, let's let's pick it up a little bit. Um, Yeah, after that, the boys seem to grab their reins a little bit and kind of settle down. We're hoping for the best here. Now, pool play is complete. Oh, no, actually, no, I think they have one more game. And then they would go over to the quarterfinals and see. I mean, if we want to discuss the big dog here, Canada absolutely donkey
2: punches. Okay, this, well, I mean, their first game, they barely squeaked that one by. 14 yeah, nothing.
1: Yeah, just got one by. I mean, the, the goalie gave him a pretty good shot. Um, a couple two, of two touchdown here. win. Yeah, uh, a couple of players there, too. That Comtois, I think he's going to be a pretty good player in the league once he comes in. Cur- kind of reminds me of a... Here, Luke Dubois, a little bit. He got a big body, but he still has some handles. Uh, Lafreniere finally comes in with an absolute. Oh yeah, did you see night. that shot yesterday? Oh, dude, filthy. So, um, he, he looks pretty good, that guy. Even though he was in the doghouse a little bit with Hunter. Your prediction to be Seattle's coach. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I mean. I'm hoping that these two are on the track, like the freight train track, to to meet each other at some point. Like, I just think that game is going to be phenomenal. And I know they usually used to play either Boxing Day or New Year's Eve. Currently Canada's in that other bracket, so they're going to play Russia. Um, I'm just hoping whether the quarter, semis, or finals, however it breaks down, that we at least get to see them at one point and we don't get knocked out or they don't on the way.
2: (coughs) I'm going to be surprised if we don't make it all the way to the finals, but if we do, I don't know. Just watching the actual games themselves, Canada's just on a different level than everybody else, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, they, they looked phenomenal, and that's not to take anything away from any of the other teams playing, but, yeah, they look like they're playing chess and everyone else is playing Jackers.
2: And the other... I guess kind of big news coming out of the league this week was a uh, big extension for Pittsburgh Penguins forward Jake Gensel. Uh, it's his second full year in the league. Well, midway through his second full year in the league. Uh, he has 16 goals, 34 points, in 38 games. He's playing on a wing, usually with Crosby. Uh, he signs his big extension, I think it was for 6 mil a year, uh, yes, for five years. Six
1: million 6 mil a year, five years, 30 in total.
2: Okay. Yeah, so thoughts on the twenty four year old getting that extension before his ELC is up and do you think it's a good long term deal?
1: I think as long as Crosby there it's gonna be a good deal. Like he he's played really well with Sid. Another big thing too is his playoff performances—he's about a point a game, if not better—and yeah. I think that's where he makes his money. Kind of, kind of similar to David Krejci in a sense. Like Krejci would always have like quiet regular seasons, and then when he would get to the postseason, he'd light it up. And with that, I mean, if we can all agree that as long as this Pittsburgh core stays intact, which I think they will, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs every year. And with yeah. that being said, if he can go and produce at a point a game in the playoffs, six million is. I I guess that's the starting point. Bobo, anything on that?
0: Yeah, so Gentles, uh Pittsburgh's one uh young studs for sure. Um, he showed what he could do in the playoffs during their uh their two cup runs. But um yeah, if you can keep things consistent, I mean of course if he's gonna be playing with Crosby or Malkin, he's gonna be putting up pla uh points at any point. Um I know the they're kind of middle of the pack right now. The division's getting better. They've kind of slowed up a little bit, but you know Pittsburgh always tends to turn it on when it's needed. So I'm sure they're going to be a lot for the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and as a Rangers fan, I always have to say fuck Pittsburgh, but especially fuck Pittsburgh because they can put scrubs on their top line because of Crosby or Malkin and get 20 goals out of them a year for like league minimum, and it pisses me off every single time.
1: Yeah, not to mention this kid coming out of fucking Omaha, Nebraska.
2: Literally yeah, third-round like, pick, 77th overall, and now he's getting 6 million a year because he's riding Crosby's wing.
1: And, fuck, sign me up for that. If they're looking for an extra <laughs> to ride Crosby's other wing, I will. Uh, no problem.
2: Like, even a guy like Brian Rust, when he first came, I was playing on Crosby's right side, and for a while there was putting up points, and I was like, like, what the fuck is going on? The Rangers will drop 8 million a year, and a guy will miss half the year will lose his mojo like the whole thing going on with Shan Kirk. But these guys, league minimum, put him on a top line, we're good.
0: They'll probably trade a first-round pick for him too.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> don't get me started with that shit. Uh,
1: another thing <laughs> too, um, one thing to at least acknowledge with it. Do you think they thought Gensel was the guy from the get-go? That's why they were able to get rid of Sherry in the offseason? Because, I mean, I thought Connor Sherry did a pretty good job filling in for them too.
2: I think they were hoping for him to take the step forward that he's done this year. Like he's on pace with 35 goals over 70 points. He's playing first line minutes. Uh, I think this is what they were hoping for. Cause last year again, played full 82 games. He potted 22. So they were probably hoping for at least 25, anything more than that was gravy. And they were able to take the money that they were going to have to pay Shiri, like add a little bit more depth to the roster and then still be able to pick, turn around and pay against So, I think it's working out in that way, but uh, yeah, the only way they're able to have Crosby, Malkin, Fleury for that long, Latang, and their salaries is because of guys like this. But now they're starting to get paid, so I wonder how long they're going to be able to keep it up.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the hard part for them for sure, and I mean, looking up Connor Sherry right now on a deal that Pittsburgh had signed him to, this year $3 million, next year $3 million, then unrestricted. And currently for points this year, like you said, maybe they knew Gensel was the guy because in 35 games, seven goals, seven assists for 14 points.
2: And the other thing about Pittsburgh and our boy Bobo here touched on a little bit, they're a lock for the playoffs pretty much every year in the Metropolitan Division. Because if you look at it, you have Washington and Pittsburgh that are locks as long as Ovi and Crosby and Malkin are there. Columbus and the Tortorella is always going to be competitive. And then after that, you have a steaming pile of dog shit, which contains the Devils, the Hurricanes, which every single year, they're like the Florida Marlins of hockey. Every year, their young talent is supposed to take them to the next level and they suck every single year. Then you have the Islanders, Rangers, and Flyers, who Rangers are rebuilding. Islanders, I don't know why they're trying so hard when they have no shot. The Flyers are underachieving. So every single year, those top three, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus, are locks to make it.
1: Moving on, uh, should we discuss what our New Year's resolutions or hopes are for uh, the league this year?
2: Yeah, we can do uh, league ones if we have it. I just have a couple, one for the league and then one or two for the Rangers.
1: All right, well, I'll fire up mine because, I mean, this is a big winter classic episode for us, firing up for the Bruins, getting it ready. My first New Year's resolution for the Boston Bruins is, A, Zidane Chara has to retire at the end of this year, and B, they need to give Patrice Bergeron the C. Uh, they've waited way too long for this. I, I thought it was Berge's team the year of the Blackhawks when we lost in the cup final, I think he's been here his whole career. The kid puts it out there every year. I mean, broken ribs, broken nose, punctured lung. He's fucking playing. Like The kid's an absolute warrior. Been here since he's been 18. He's upwards of 30 now. Like He should have had the C long before Chara did, but Chara needed it written in his contract. He was only coming here if he was going to be the captain of the team. I've had enough. Um, Through these injuries, we've seen that these younger kids can play because um, when everybody's healthy, I think a big thing's going to be I don't think you can take Mac Rislick out of the lineup now. So he needs to play. So whether at the end of the season, whether Char is gone, whether he's dealt, I mean, something along those lines, I just think that the Bruins need to start moving in a different direction from the big fella. Nothing, no disrespect. You know, you've played hard here. You, you, know, you brought a cup home. But I'm kind of on the lines of I've seen my share.
2: Has his play fallen off that much, or is it just a matter of one – the transition into uh, Berger. It's
1: more just the transition. I, I honestly don't think he's been that bad overall, uh, even for his age. I mean, he he just seems to know just play your dots, keep everybody outside, and with that reach, he's kind of able to do it. And then with his reach in the corners to beat people to pucks, I'm keeping a dinosaur back there.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that he had it signed, basically wording into his contract that he would sign with the Bruins if he was named captain. Uh, that was also a thing with the Rangers who were after him, and man, it's a good thing the Rangers wanted to save money and not sign Chara to that big deal because it really turned out poorly for you guys.
1: The Chara signing?
2: Yeah, the original one because you know the Rangers penny pinchers, so they didn't want to sign the best defenseman in the league because he wanted to be captain. You know?
1: Oh yeah, no, of course that it was one of those things of. You
2: know. But Danny Boyle, four and a half million a year. I will fucking go to my grave bitching about that one.
1: I believe this is the fourth episode we've heard Dan Boyle's <laughs> name. In
2: we don't need Strawman, man.
1: We got Boyle. I mean, and that killed you guys too, seeing how good Strawman's been down in Tampa. Bobo, you have any uh, resolutions or choices or anything for the league?
0: I just want to add that uh, you guys also gave a long on track to Mark Stahl. I mean that that turned out really great.
2: <laughs> I mean Stahl, dude, Stahl, Girardi. We it's didn't have enough money to keep McDonough. Do. We signed Boyle over Strawman. We let Benny Pugliak go. We traded Haglin. Like, a lot of great decisions going on ever since that cup run in 2014. Stuff, man. I mean, you, you can try and show on the Rangers all you want, but I'm going to be right there with you, man. No, <laughs> I'm
0: glad you're going to meet me step for step. <laughs> 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 um, but that being said, um, my New Year's resolution for the Bruins is pretty simple. Uh hopefully we can get some rounded scoring. Uh when we had success in um the past couple of years it's because you know every time we send a line out there like top 3 or like four is more of a grinder line so that's fine and expected. But it'd be nice for like guys like DeBrusk to get uh some more goals going. Crachy's been going good so maybe they can make a trade for somebody else to give them uh more comfortability on the other wing. Uh the third line you never know what you're gonna get with those guys, so hopefully there's a spark there. Um, I know we have the crop of young players for this, so hopefully you know if somebody goes down uh, via injury, hopefully not that, but like uh, they get sent down for a message to give somebody else a chance, that would be good. Or you'll we'll package up some of these younger guys, go out there. I've heard Nugent Hopkins, Charlie Coyle. You know, if it takes another one of those guys, maybe a change of scenery wouldn't be so bad. But just hopefully we can get some scoring going on later in the year, and we can kind of pick things up because right now we're in the middle of the pack, and we got some good teams behind us.
1: If if yeah. you say for the Rangers you want a more handsome lineup, I'm jumping on that first plane to SFO, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fight at the airport.
2: Well, I mean, I could be in a lineup too, and that would help, but. I think the Nash trade was supposed to be what your secondary scoring. I think I don't think they were expecting him to basically retire at the end of the year. I mean they they, they didn't send a package to the Rangers that was equivalent of a rental. So they sent Lingren, uh, first round pick Spooner. I think they were looking at Nash as a, for the playoff run last year, and then him basically for a one year cheap deal to play on the second or third line you guys, and then he basically just called it quits. So you guys have been trying to find a way to replace that, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't think we've recovered from that. Uh, I personally wasn't a fan of that trade. Like, I know the kind of player Rick Nash was, but he's in the latter half of his career. Uh, granted, I mean, like, the 12, 13 games he played to end the year, he was almost a point-per-game player. He had that good game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, but aside from that, he's just a more notable Jimmy Hayes to me. He takes up a lot of space. He gets shots, but he doesn't do anything with it. Mm.
2: Wow! I don't Damn. Know. I Rick Nash from if, first overall to, uh, to Jimmy, Jimmy Hayes, Hayes clone. To, to pushed
1: out of the fucking state.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll keep it simple. I got one resolution for the league as a whole and one for the Rangers. The one for the league. I know it's not going to be happening technically within this calendar year, the actual action of it, but the decision I think has to be made by the end of 2019. And I hope the league decides to go back to the Olympics, uh, the Winter Olympics, next time it comes up. Uh, the players love playing in it. The fans, it's great exposure for the league itself. I'm not saying it causes like a huge bump in new fans or revenue or anything, but it's basically free exposure. And I don't know why the league kind of turned away from that. Uh, Betman has to stop making it a money grab with the IOSA. So my league... Resolution is announcing that they're going to be participating in the next Winter Olympics. For the Rangers, my resolution is simple. I want them to be competitive in every single game, but I want them to lose every <laughs> single game. Lose
1: for Hughes, baby. Lose for Hughes.
2: Lose for Hughes, but I don't want it to be blowouts where it's like bad morale and like young guys are being brought up in like a shitty uh, environment in the locker room. I feel bad saying that for Hank, but tank the rest of this year, play competitively but lose, get the first overall pick, then use all your cap space uh, in the offseason, and then make a run for it in the shitty Metropolitan Division in
1: 2019-2020. One other thing, too, I don't know if you saw it this week, but uh, Chicklets posted a Cribs edition with Kevin Hayes.
2: Kevin Hayes, yeah. Basically, he pays... It was on the market. His place in Chelsea was $2.4 million, and he bought it and basically just sleeps there like once a week
1: yeah the craziest part about the whole thing was uh, they opened up his fridge and there was nothing in it and then come to find out that you basically walk in as a new york ranger so there there's a difference between the nhl and the ahl and the ahl is called the always hungry league with your fucking 20 twenty dollar <laughs> a game per diem and basically that's about all you're fed is your 20 bucks what it's a game day so everything else is on you Then when you go up to the NHL, it's the Never Hungry League because you walk into the locker room and they have a fucking omelette guy, and then there's trays of food, and then you jump on the plane, and yet again, there's eight different choices of what you want to eat. So (coughs) Kevin Hayes comes out. and no food in his fridge, and he goes, oh, yeah, well, um, the Rangers treat us really good. When we go to the (laughs) rink, they have chefs there, and he basically asked me what I want to eat. So I go in the morning. I get an omelet. I wake up. Uh, we have practice, I have lunch, and then he asked me what I want to eat for dinner, and that's ready for me. So basically, I just every meal is takeout outside of what I eat at the rink. So pretty good life for a five-million yeah. a year. Good for him.
2: That's why free agency, man. The Rangers, they have that multi-million dollar practice facility in Westchester. Uh, Madison Square Garden, obviously, being a millionaire, professional athlete in the city. It's a big draw. The other thing is for Hazy, like, he has his crew. He has him. He has Kreider. Uh, for a while, it was Broussard and Hags, but those two guys got moved. But he has his free meals at the Rangers when he's at the rink or on a road before dessert. He just goes out in Chelsea and kind of hangs at the bars with Kreider, you know?
1: Dude, how many kills do you think he gets a week?
2: I mean, he's a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, millionaire professional athlete who's like 24, 25 years old. He lives in Chelsea. I think he's pulling all right, you know?
1: I mean, if worst comes to worst, he at least gets the cash per diem from when they're on the road, so he can just go out <laughs> with uh, with a hundred bucks hanging out of his zepa. So you know, for a chance for a fight in the,
2: chance. The only thing with Hazy, and it's the same thing for his brother Jimmy, like they even on the ice, it can be a playoff game. They have that semi, like mentally slow, like look and like mouth gape. Oh, oh, yeah, man.
1: both of them. Spot Dude, on. Just
2: like, it looks like when the referee's telling them that they just committed a penalty, they're like, what? What? What's <laughs> a penalty?
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know if the NHL's testing for that marijuana <laughs> or that devil's lettuce, but I, I think they might start because those two would be the first person to go for Hey, man.
2: Or yeah.
1: Or a case of Jimbo's medicine. Wh- whatever it is, it's
2: something. <laughs> Jimbo, Jesus. Well, speaking of uh, mentally challenged hockey players. I'm going to go on a little rant here about Zach Ronaldo. Rangers played the Predators last night. Rangers actually won in Nashville, uh, which was a minor miracle. Nashville has lost five in a row now. But towards the end of the first period, at center ice, absolutely no time left on the clock, essentially. Zabanajad has it, flips the puck into the offensive zone just to run out the time, and Ronaldo comes across and lays his shoulder and elbow into Sabanajad's head, who has multiple concussions in his recent history. Everybody knows it. Like we said it every single time. Guys around the league know who's battling head issues. Sabanajad has those. Gets absolutely railroaded. Not a huge open eye hit, but directly to the head. Sabanajad had to go into concussion protocol. All that shit. David Backus got suspended for three games for being a quote-unquote uh, multiple-time offender. Here's all the suspensions and fines Zach Ronaldo has. He's already been suspended for six games in 2018. Uh, He's been suspended for six games again, fined 23,000, suspended for five games twice in 2017, uh, suspended five games again, fined 50K, uh, suspended for eight games, suspended for seven games, suspended for four games, suspended 10 games, fined 125,000, suspended three games. So if Backus is a multiple violator, what the fuck are they going to do with Ronaldo, who's purposely out there just headshotting people for no reason? It's not even a hockey play where, like Carlson's hit, it just happened to take place that way. If he gets three, he's already been suspended multiple times just six games or more. When is it enough for to get a guy like Ronaldo out of the fucking league?
1: For the record, Zach Ronaldo is worth a third-round pick according to Don Sweeney. So we'll leave that right there. But... um. <laughs> Zach Ronaldo couldn't even play with us for the year we wasted our third round pick on him he yeah. ended up getting a suspension and he was buried in the AHL for the year and he's been down there and this has been like his first kind of time back up with Nashville yeah. um, as for Zach I'm with you man how many times is enough like the guy's a straight piece of garbage does it every time that's how he made his name in Philly fucking elbowing people in the face yeah, like really fucking head city yeah and it's like dude I get it like you're a tough kid you like to fight people but at the same time like now you're now you're messing with my money and it's yeah. going to be at some point where he's going to do it to the wrong person and someone's going to grab him up and they're going to take their like his life in their hands. And it's going to be scary. Like, it might be Shea Weber. It might be Ryan Reeves. But someone's going to get on top, start throwing, and not stop until they are yeah. just completely in, like, a straight jacket by the linesman. So, I mean, it sucks because he does that to players, like you said, like doing it to Zabanajad, Like, Are you fucking joking? Like, you want to do it, go after a tough guy.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I've had my own headed concussion history, so I always get more sensitive about this shit. But it's not even remotely close to being a fucking hockey play. And, you know, the whole thing about having an enforcer to protect your star players, Cohen McLeod was in the fucking lineup last night. He was playing for the Rangers. Your first line center just got run at the end of the period for no reason, Concussion history, he has to go into concussion protocol. Not one thing happened the rest of the game with McLeod or Ronaldo. Nothing. So if I'm the Rangers, the only reason why I'm playing you is because of the quote-unquote toughness that you bring. He'd be out of a job today. Like, if the Rangers feel it's that important to have somebody taking up a roster spot that's not actually talented, which, to be honest, is the most of the fucking roster at this point, get off my fucking team and I'll find somebody else that's willing to jump a piece of shit like Ronaldo.
0: Hey, Ben, so I'm not. This isn't a dig about your Rangers. This is a legitimate question. Uh, how is yeah. McQuaid doing for you guys? Yeah, was he in the lineup, too? Or was he Oh, in the yeah. Mc-
2: oh, yeah. McQuaid's playing with a Brendan Smith, the two retards, you know, playing together on a p- defensive pair.
1: And he's another one, too. I'm surprised because is usually pretty good at knowing his job and knowing when to jump in
0: for shit like that. As long as he can stay healthy,
1: at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, McQuaid's done that already. Like, he ragged all Kadri, even though Stahl was the guy that pushed Kadri into uh, Georgiev. But, yeah, I was surprised. I was expecting McQuaid to do something. The Rangers under AV were known as, like, turn the other cheek, essentially. But Quinn has been changing that culture. So I was actually surprised that nothing happened last night. And knowing Ronaldo, he'll get suspended for six games again. He'll get fined. He'll come back from the suspension and then he'll get sent back down to the A before the Rangers ever play Nashville again, so nothing ever comes of it. So, when it comes to a scrub like him, you got to take a chance in that game.
1: Yeah, and especially, like you said, someone like him where they can bury in the AHL. No one's going to claim him on waivers. No one's going to pay him anything. It's, yeah, it's kind of bullshit that he can go up and down and doesn't have to really defend it by any means. And the other thing
2: is, you know, there's always talk about head injuries in a league and like dirty play it's the same four or five guys every time it's not like it's a league-wide problem where there's a bunch of guys running each other and not respecting each other for a while it was Matt Cook and Rafi Torres now it's guys like Zach Ronaldo like they do the same shit they get suspended and the league just lets them back in I wish they were more like the NFL where it was treated as a privilege not a fucking right to play in the league and if you don't start playing right you're out
0: yeah agreed. um what was gonna say, uh, so look at Tom Wilson for uh, Washington. Oh yeah, Wilson's another a a piece lot of, of shit. Uh, questionable hits over the last like season or two. Like when it comes to stuff like that, like dunes, he's the first person that I think about. And um, wait, he had um a dirty hit. Like did he get suspended for like what twenty games? Like the most. And it was um, reduced, yeah. Something like that. Uh, and he just got signed to what um Big a five one, or one, six port uh, five six year deal after the Caps won the cup for you know. That whole tough guy, uh, like, bruiser mentality play. But if he's doing stuff like that, you know, you can suspend a guy 20 games, but is that really going to change his mind? Because he's going to do hits like that again. He's going to have that target on his back. It's always going to be somebody instigating him to go back to his old ways. So what do you do? It's uh, well a well, slippery slope here.
1: Uh, when you're Tom Wilson and when you're not suspended and you're playing point-of-game hockey, you play point-of-game hockey and you stay the fuck Well, that's away. the thing.
0: Like, we
2: talked about Wilson before, and I would... Basically said that the Capitals are enabling it by saying, by defending him every time. Even though they know it's a dirty hit, they defend him, so he feels like he's in the clear for it. But Wilson's right up there with Marchand, who also does, like, when he ran, what was it, Blackwood, the goalie for the Devils, for, like, no reason the other game, they're both too talented to just do do stupid shit like that. Like, play your game. Tom Wilson, I have no problem with him for checking hard, clean hits. Uh, causing scrums after whistles, getting in guys' faces. It's the dirty, on-purpose hits that guys like Marshy and Wilson do. Like, they just don't need to. Like Wilson and Marshy can score 30, 40 goals a year if they wanted to.
1: Can I go back to the team's New Year's resolutions real quick? Because I, I only talked about the Bruins, and I forgot I had two others for two other teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one New Year's resolution for me for the New York Islanders would be like, can you fucking pick a one place to play a game? Like seeing this <laughs> Nassau Coliseum live event or whatever, and then they're back in Brooklyn, pisses me the fuck off, pick somewhere to play. And they'll be the, in
2: Elmont soon enough, man. Uh, Elmont, Elmont Queens, the hockey hotbed.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't go much uh much much better than that, pal. Um and one other thing is I want Toronto to pick a captain because I'm sick of their bullshit too. As to is it going to be Tavares? Is it going to be Matthews? Is it going to be Marner. Like they already know who they're picking. Like like you're not going to base this off of performance or things like that. Like you already know who the leader of your team is. Like w- why make it a big and especially up there too? It's fucking media firsthand. Everyone's going ape shit. Like pick your captain, roll with it, make your decision. That's it.
2: Yeah, are they like afraid to step on Matthew's toes? I feel like he, he's young enough where he doesn't really care that someone like Tavares, who's also an elite player, comes in, signed to a long-term deal, and becomes a captain. Who's he's already been a captain somewhere else, you know?
1: Well, he's he's about to sign a big check for some big boy money, so yeah. I don't think they want to step on his toes to make him think the grass is greener somewhere else, and it will well, be Tavares... pretty green where he goes.
2: Tavares had that photo of him in a Maple Leaf pajama pants, so I think if Matthews wants to see, he needs to take a photo in a Maple Leaf onesie just out do Tavares.
1: Speaking of onesie, I was actually going through some pictures the other day, and uh, uh-huh. I-, I saw a picture you posted of me in a Bruins onesie saying that's a, that's a whole lot of ugly. Uh, I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still a little offended by that.
2: Well, I mean, just the yellow and black all over the place, you look like a fucking warning sign.
1: And you still ran into it, pal. Um, What else uh, we got
2: this week, Benny? The goal song. So this started actually with the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, I think they're in the ECHL now. But the LA Kings do it where each player can pick their goal song for the year after they score a goal instead of the team having one uniform uh, song after they score. And I was just curious if you had an idea of what one or two of your goal songs would be if you were in a No Hungry League Uh, potting
1: them in a net see that's a good question because like i don't know with me how i would go because like besides the
2: portuguese national anthem
1: oh it would be the portuguese hump dance big shout out to kyle (laughs) he he knows the portuguese hump dance but um like i don't know because like when i go out there and i'm like in pre-game skate like i'd rock out to some acdc i'd rock out to some rap like I don't know. Maybe a little bit of Jay Z. A little. What more can I say? You pop one in. If I can say that, I mean, you could do the Caner, like "Get the Fuck Up" screaming at people. Like, <laughs> I honestly don't know what I pick. Maybe a little sound of music. Feel like I want to be inside of you. So, I mean, or maybe a little big pun. It's so hard. Uh, so I,
2: I had. I, I don't know. Yeah, I had the same thought. My one was uh, "Hard Knock Life" by Jay Z. Even though it's not like a very up tempo celebratory songs just kind of set in the mood a little bit and then the other one was uh and it's funny enough that you chose the new age outlaws theme song to start but i was actually going to go with the heartbreak kid his oh, uh theme like song that. as one of my goal oh, songs
1: oh, oh <laughs> when, they, when they drop the they think i'm cute i know i'm second do you just flip your bucket off so everyone can just see the flow or what
2: well, no, I do the e-rod, but with my hockey stick, where I put it between my legs and just like shove it back and forth. Oh, like a did with this baseball and
1: suck on that. I like that. <laughs> I mean, like, Bobo, it, what do you think? The, the problem is I got like a Ryan Getz laugh salad. So I can't even like take my <laughs> thing off and run my fingers through my hair. So it'd be a tough look for me. But yeah, Bobo, what would tough. your, uh, what would it's your goal It's having hair, be?
2: man. Like, look at us. It's just, it's rough, you know?
1: Dude, you could, you could do that with my back hair and just go straight <laughs> through
2: it. Well, you just got to shift it up then. Just like shift it up along the spine a little bit for uh,
1: you. I'll lay flat on my stomach and you can shift your fingers all the way through <laughs> it. <laughs>
2: but all right, yeah, Bobo, what's your song?
0: Uh, this is a good one. I don't know if I've ever thought about this. Uh, I just kind of go with things. I don't score goals often, so I don't really think about it. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. I mean, just hearing you guys talk about it now. I mean, um, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins pops into my head. I think that'd be a fun one to listen to. You know, I get kind of pumped up. I can kind of get into it at the same time, you know, kind of do a little jingle in the middle of the ice. Or maybe I'll just go back to the bench. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just put your head down and go back to the bench. Play the
2: game the right way.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> Let me ble- know. It's just <laughs> celebrating. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Bleed all over them. Let them know you're there. <laughs> Get off the fucking logo. <laughs> um, but other than that, I guess we'll go to our game of the week, lock of the week. My lock of the week for this past week still hasn't played yet Vegas over Arizona. They're playing at 8 p.m. Eastern. So we can't really hold that to account just yet. But my Bruins shit the
1: bed on me. I came out. I was so happy they were going to play Jersey. I'm like, here we go. Here's a W. Five, two. Right up my
2: ass. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're a man of streaks. You started off 0 and 3 and then you won three in a row. Then you lost two a one. Then you won one. Then you just lost this one. So you're sitting at four and five. Heading into week 10 of our picks, I am, with my ninth pick still TBD, uh, I, I'm 2-6, and six, so hopefully getting up to 3-6 and six for that one, uh, but do you want to go first, or you, would you like me to take the honors this week?
1: Uh, up to you, whatever you'd like, I'm game either way.
2: You know what, one more week, the end of the year, right, I'm trying to catch up to you here, you can go first.
1: All right, so... Obviously, I think everyone knows about the Winter Classic on Tuesday. That's definitely m- more of a spectator event than anything, but I think with both the lineups that are playing, it should be a very good game. Uh, another game of the week, uh, me and Bobo were looking through the schedule. We we got a pretty good one Friday night, uh, Winnipeg at Pittsburgh, so that should be a good mm. game to watch. Um, I don't know why I'm going to do it. I think I just like pain and suffering and it's hurt every time, but I think this is the actual one. The Bruins are going to beat the Blackhawks. Tuesday, 1 o'clock, national TV, and if not, I'm never picking them again. <laughs> Th- that's Those are my games and my lock of the week.
2: All right, so my game and lock of the week have uh, a similar connection to each other. Tampa Bay is involved in both. Uh, so my game of the week is this coming Saturday, January 5th. The Lightning are going to be on a road during their West Coast swing, playing out here in San Jose against the Sharks, who have finally turned it around and started playing like everybody expected them to. I think they're a point out of first in the Pacific, so look for them to run with that the rest of the season. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think they're on point uh, pace for like 130 points, so you know no big deal for them. Shout out and, to John Cooper. Yeah, shout out Rangers West. JT Miller, Anton Stroman, Dan Girardi, Ryan McDonough, uh, just, there has to be other guys on there too But Boyle was there for a while Anyway um, And then my lock of the week Is Tampa again Thursday January 3rd on a west coast swing Playing the LA Kings and Los Angeles
1: and Bobo fire up Lock and a pick well, All right. Game and a pick, game and a lock Whatever you want to call it
0: I'm going to uh, go with San Jose and Colorado uh, Wednesday night 9.30 San Jose in Colorado. Um, So I've also noticed that San Jose has been playing better as of late. Colorado has been up and down, but you just look at that top line. They got the young studs, the firepower. So I think that's got uh, high potential for a great game. Um, If I had to pick between one of those two, I'm going to give the edge to San Jose.
2: San Jose. All
1: right. There there it is. Bobo with the first professional uh, game pick of the
2: week. I like it. And for today in NHL history, for the last one of 2018, so Sunday, December 30th, a little bit of a Bruins theme going for this one since, you know, I'm outnumbered. Uh, But way back in 1934, the year before I was born, uh, but Bruins goalie Tiny Thompson and Rangers goalie Dave Kerr uh had a 0-0 tie at Madison Square Garden. It's the first of the Bruins' 37-game undefeated streak in overtime, the longest streak still in NHL history. You guys went 10-0 and 27 during a four-year stretch. Uh, the second one is in 1989. The Toronto Maple Leafs were trailing 6-1 with one minute remaining in a second period, but they scored six goals in a row to defeat the Bruins 7-6 in overtime. At the Maple Leaf Gardens, Wendell Clark got the game-winning goal, 319 of overtime. And the last one is my favorite, Fatso. 2006, (laughs) Marty Brodeur sets the NHL record for most career shutouts uh, when the Devils beat the Islanders 2-0 at Nassau Coliseum. It was his 86th shutout of his career, all of the Devils, and that's one more than Terry Sawchuk's 85 for the Detroit Red Wings.
1: I know... um your love and affection for fatso but um i have a guy that works over at the devils and maybe he'll be able to get us to fatso maybe we'll be able to get him on the pod one day that would actually be pretty cool just to hear if... you sean avery chirp the shit out maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll live skype avery in and they could just we, go at it
2: we wouldn't even need to i would just write down and transcribe all of avery's shit talking to or over the years and then just repeat it back to marty
1: so I might Skype that interview by myself if we actually want to keep it.
2: <laughs> I would actually sit there and be like, you would ask your question, introduce him, all-time winning as goalie until Hank gets there. But, and then i be like, all right, uh, Brodor, my first question is, how was it cheating on your wife with her sister?
1: And, I mean, I'm sure that'll make for great TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shout-outs this week? Who you got?
2: Uh, uh, the the New Year's out- first lady? Yeah, you know the deal. Always the first lady. She's still in New York, you know, making me sit here all by my lonesome for two weeks straight, uh, ringing in a year. But I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Mama Dukes, who, while Anna is in New York, is going to be taking a train all the way to New York City to grab lunch with her and spend some time. Two hour train convivent. ride from, all the way out from Eastern Long Island. So giving her props in her old age. Lastly, give a shout-out to uh, UKC for the podcast for 2018. Excited to keep it going into 2019, and hopefully uh, I think you have a better shot at this than I do, but we have a ceiling cup championship uh, podcast review.
1: Oh, my God. I hope when we do it, too, uh, like if they could pull it off, I guarantee I will be absolutely shit host for that, that <laughs> podcast. Like just
2: be cock. What- I mean, if that's the case, if the Bruins have a chance to clinch, by that point, I should be in New York. But even if I'm not, I'm going to be there for the clincher. We can do like a live like the Barstool does for like the Stanley Cup clincher.
1: Oh, dude, that we could do it, too, and just be like completely shit out. Oh, my God. Like, I'm loving every second of this right now. Like, <laughs> like th- Facebook this, Live. This is going to be the one. Yeah, we'll Facebook us. Live it. Oh, my God. Yeah, there, there, there's potential here. Bo- Bobo, who you got for shout outs?
2: Well, shout hold on. I wanted to give Bobo uh, a shout out, actually, for being able to uh, hold I, it I, together for almost an hour so.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I want to touch on that. Yeah. If it goes that far, Ben, you have to come out here. There's no expectations. Otherwise, you suck forever. But uh, <laughs> for, for shout out, I um, want to say what's up to my cousin who just went down to Florida for a nice nine day vacation with his fiance and her family. We got some nice weather back over here, but it's not going to last. Meanwhile, he's down there in like 80-degree weather, so that must be nice.
1: Hold on. Just real quick. Do you think he's being like a dog, too? Like parents are in one room, he's in the other, just like teeing <laughs> off on their – like what, what a scumbag. <laughs> probably, they probably paid for the vacay and the ticket, and he's just over there just railing the old lady right next to the parents.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey. You have to present yourself. You do you. Do you. As Enjoy long as she's because... better than Jamie Ben, right? they i i
1: I think most men are (laughs) anybody
0: else bo um i got my buddy cole and his girlfriend they're out in hawaii for work um recently talked to them saying it's great out there they saying that they might stay out for a little while longer i can't blame them because they're in the middle of paradise so hoping things are well on their end
1: all right i guess i'll go Uh, getting close to the wrap up here for uh 2019. First and foremost, I want to give or like take a shout out back from Bobo because we let. That's coming out now. I don't care, Bo. You, you've been here the whole time. It's gonna happen. This scumbag hasn't listened to any of our podcasts, but but he was here during recording time, and I'm like, all right, Bo, come on. And he's like, are you sure you want me? And I'm like, yeah, come on. And he's like, I haven't listened to any. I'm like, you motherfucker. Well, it's difficult right, for him to just... figure out how to
2: turn a computer on. So.
1: It's one of those things, but that's fine. I mean, I'm just there's certain things with Bobo I take to the grave, and that's definitely one of them. Like I love time.
2: how he's getting on me that I would suck forever if I didn't come out to Boston to watch the Bruins win the Stanley Cup. But he won't even listen to the podcast, but he's yeah. uh, he's in a clear. I
0: still have plenty of time to catch up. <laughs> when it reaches that point, there's no turning back.
2: All right. Well, there's a pop quiz. So next week, even if you're not here, I'm going to be sending you a pop quiz with little tidbits from each episode that only if you listen to it, you would know what the answer was. So you got 13 to catch up on.
0: Um, It's a shame you're going to do it next week and I'm not going to be (laughs) here.
1: Yeah, I'm actually not available next week. Um, (laughs) But
0: Ben, I'll take you up on that offer at a later date.
2: Sounds good. Yeah. uh, Big shout
1: outs this week. Uh, big red holding down the fort upstairs while we're recording down here granted the, the children are napping so definitely like just a nice relaxation so she's got it easy she, she has a nice relaxation hour <laughs> um i'm trying to think who else this week it's been a really quiet week well not a quiet week it's been a nightmare traveling all over for the holidays and everything but um yeah i don't know cam's been good emma's been good uh, no complaints do, do we
2: have? yeah so you yet? took camp skating
1: Yes, we took camp skating, we went out to uh, the good old Burlington Ice Palace, Buso hooked us up with a sheet of ice, and um, yeah, we went, and, uh, you know, first time, he was a little, eh, you know, one of those things, (laughs) well, like, nowhere has milk crates anymore like I learned on, so it was hard on that end. And yeah. then, like, I brought a chair out for him, but he wasn't really digging his edges in. He was kind of just letting me push him around, and I'm like, come on, kick, <laughs> kick, kick. And he's just gliding around having a good time. He looked happy as shit, though. Oh, yeah. No, dude, we had a blast. It was awesome being able to do it. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions, Benny? Any personal resolutions on here? Or we, we save those for off-air?
2: Uh, I mean, I have a couple. Oh, hold on. Here we go.
1: Here we go. Here's a special guest. Cannibal, get over here. Cam. Cam, can you say what's up to
0: Benny?
2: Hi, Minnie.
1: <laughs> Hi, Cam. Anything Can you say anything else? Tell him. Say, what's up, dude? Yeah, what's dude. Up, dude.
2: Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, bye.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have Cam do a bye, bye, bye outro.
2: Uh, I also wanted to add, since, you know, the whole New York-Boston rivalry that we have, the least competitive rivalry that exists in the world, uh, the Patriots are currently up 28-3 to at the end of the third quarter over the Jets.
0: B-b-b-b- Benny and the Jets.
2: We're only down by 25. That's a win. There, there's a chance.
0: Dude, dumpster fire. Just lose them.
2: Yeah, 4-12. Cam, Cam,
1: you want to
0: sing uh, Bye Bye Bye? I want to see you. We'll to you. Bye, bye bye
1: bye. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, the biggest resolution for 2019, which I already have told Kevin about off air, but uh, I will be... Once again, a resident of the great state of New York by the end of twenty
1: nineteen. Resolutions for me, uh, personal level, I got to shed some lbs. I got to get after a little bit more. Um, You know, uh, I I should probably play a little bit more hockey. I've been a little tied up with that. Um, I'm trying to think. Like personal care, I did pretty good this year. You know, I I went last week, got my first petty. I feel like a new man. You know, (laughs) socks haven't fit right since. But um,
2: see, you'd fit right in with the Jamba Juice drinkers out here.
1: Uh, I'm not too sure that is, but yeah, we'll we'll take that. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, just trying a, a nice good year. We're gonna keep this pod rolling. Ho- hopefully, get some more views, more hits, and uh, we're gonna go from there
2: to the fucking moon. To
1: the fucking moon. <laughs> um, yeah. If you don't got anything else, I mean. Th- that's it for us. We're just going to try to keep this rolling throughout the year, keep it as best as we can. Um, as always, we do appreciate you guys listening. It, you know, it, it makes us want to do it. The text and the uh, Facebook messages throughout the week are definitely huge for us and, you know, motivational to keep us going. Uh, love you all. Appreciate you all. Happy New Year. Um, don't drink and drive. Don't Yeah, don't drink and drive. That's why they make Uber. And um, we'll catch you guys hopefully next week after the Bruins win the Winter Classic. We'll catch y'all then. Peace, man.
0: The warmth of your love like the warmth from the sun. And this will be our you to a long time to come. Don't let go of my hand now, the darkness has gone. This will be our year. It took a long time to come, and I won't forget
2: the way you helped me up when I was down. And I won't forget
0: the way you said, "Darling, I love you." You gave me faith. Too.